The choices we make today, the sacrifices we make in this moment have a direct impact on the future we create for those who are in desperate need of hope. We need to be asking the question, what are we doing today that future generations are going to be talking about? What choices are we making right now that will have a direct impact in South Florida and to the ends of the earth? For the past 11 years, we've been building this community called Coastal Community Church. When we moved here, people told us this will never work. South Florida is a graveyard for church plants, and that's the story. But God has built his church, and no matter what people said, God wanted to write a different story for this church. And this is our time to move the story forward. It is our time to build something that is bigger than us. It is our time to move forward the legacy that we are building for future generations to experience. This is our time to build a hub for a thriving church in the middle of a thriving community where people can worship God freely and experience community together, raise families with values and create a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything's possible. What God has done in the past has been absolutely phenomenal. We've seen over 4,500 decisions for Christ, $730,000 given to missions, thousands baptized, and in 2020 named the sixth fastest growing church in America by Outreach Magazine. And while the past is incredible, we need to start to build the church for the next generation and what God wants to do next through our church. South Florida is growing at an astronomical pace with a projected 25% population growth in the next five years. We're seeing over 25,000 new people moving into our area every year. This region is exploding. And with that growth comes the question, does God need to raise up somebody else to do what he has called Coastal to do? Or are we going to step up in this moment and build the future that God has designed for us to build? We can do something today that future generations will talk about. And with your help, this facility will help us change the narrative of South Florida. We are gonna be able to build strong and healthy families together, develop personal and life-giving relationships, be a place that is a beacon of the presence of God for our community. And this facility will help us create an unavoidable presence in our community. And with the additional locations that we want to start, we'll reach people in areas that will never drive out to our Parkland location. This isn't something we can do. This is something we must do. We must because years from now, the significance of your sacrifice today needs to be big and too powerful for people to ignore. The people of South Florida must know that God loves them, the church is for them, and that you and I, we have sacrificed to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. This is our responsibility. We have seen the miraculous in the past, but we are letting our community know that we are building for the future. What's up, 9 a.m.? How are you guys doing today? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm with the pastors here. Can we go ahead and welcome all of our family that's watching online right now? Come on, let's give it up for all those that are still at home worshiping. And uh, man, I, 
I'm excited for the future. If you don't know, we are in a series that we began last week, and it's a series we, we do every uh, kind of the end of the year, November, December time called Legacy. And we always talk about the future of our church and what is possible and what could be. And we started this last week. And if you missed last weekend, I want to encourage you to go back and watch that online. But we said that, man, we have the potential to do some things to further the mission of God right here in our community and all throughout South Florida. And we said over, uh, in fact, last year, we, we kind of set this vision out for the next couple of years of what we could do as a church. And we said that there were a couple of things that we could do. We could continue to expand this location. And you saw that we are, we're looking to add an additional 33,000 square feet to this current facility right here in Parkland with, a, with a, about an 800 seat auditorium for our adult services and, and more kids space for that. But we also want to go and launch additional locations and and I know that many of you are waiting to hear where that next location is going to be in 2021 and I want to let you know that I will let you know in a couple weeks how is that uh that I'm going to let you know where that's going to be it's going to be exciting it's going to be in the fall of 2021 and uh it, it, it's going to be a great thing and so in the next couple weeks I will let you know that and what we said is is all of that is going to cost us an additional 1.5 million dollars as a church and that's a lot of money can anybody say that's a lot of money that's a lot of money, and, and I realize that that's a lot of money, and here's the thing. As a church, we don't ever ask you for money. Uh, we're unapologetically never going to ask you for money, but we will unapologetically ask you to pray about how God wants you to be a part of what he is doing here in this church and how it's making a difference. I mean, 4,500 decisions for Christ in our church, 730,000. You know, I believe that number by the end of this year is going to be closer to $850,000 given to missions uh, through our church in the lifetime of our church next year will pass a million dollars given away to making impacts throughout the world. I believe God is up to something big in our church. And so I'm going to ask you to pray. And on December 5th and 6th, uh, like we do every year, we're, we're going to ask that you pray and ask God how he'd like you to be a part. And then on December 5th and 6th, we're going to do a special offering uh, called our legacy offering. And however God tells you to participate, do that. And I believe that God will supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches and your obedience in life. Also on December 5th and 6th, everybody say December 5th and 6th, 5th and 6th. is free t-shirt weekend as well. And so uh, a lot of you guys have been asking, hey, when is, when is the new I Love My Church t-shirt coming out? It is actually coming out on December 5th and 6th. And so um, if you want a free t-shirt, all of you that are watching online, I know that you will come back to church on December 5th and 6th because everybody comes to church for a free t-shirt. And so the only way you can get that t-shirt is if you're here at church. And if you're not, Sorry, okay, that's just how it works here. We give it away for free on that weekend if you're here. And so I wanna encourage you, from babies all the way to senior adults, man, we have a size and we have a t-shirt for all of you. And it's gonna be a great and fun weekend. Not only on that weekend is it gonna be free t-shirt weekend, but my pastor, uh, Pastor Randy Bizet, uh, who has had the greatest impact of any person on the planet here living today on my life, besides my wife, uh, is gonna be here speaking that weekend. And man, there's there like the impact that he's had on me, I, I want him to impart that into you. And I believe that the best way to do that is to be here to experience it. And so I'm excited about it. He passes a church of about 12,000 people with six different locations. Incredible, incredible pastor and mentor and spiritual father in my life. And so I can't wait for that weekend. But I was thinking about this year because there is a word that is in our vocabulary that a lot of us use and it is the word tomorrow 
And uh, have you noticed that tomorrow is a period of time that never seems to be right now? And tomorrow is something that we say is going to happen. Something is going to change always in tomorrow. I don't, I don't know about you, but last Thanksgiving, after I got done consuming lots and lots and lots of food, I, I thought to myself, you know what? Tomorrow... I'm going to start a diet. Anybody ever said that after Thanksgiving? Like, tomorrow, I'm going to start working out. And uh, tomorrow seems to be a point in time that never seems to arrive today. And, uh, and so that Thursday turned into Friday, and tomorrow turned into Saturday, and Saturday turned into Sunday, and uh, it was always tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And here we are, almost a, a full year, and I'm still saying to myself, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to start this diet. I'm going to start exercising in life. And tomorrow just seems to move forward and just never seems to arrive. And I think that if we aren't careful in life, we will put off till tomorrow what God has called us to do today, and we will miss the impact of what he wants to do in your life and what he wants to do in my life and what he wants to do through our life in this season. And I'm not just talking about our church, I'm talking about your life. I wonder how many people here are saying to themselves, I wanna change my life and I'll start tomorrow. I, I want to impact my kids and I'll make time for them tomorrow. Hey, I want to change my financial future and I'll start to get on a budget tomorrow. And we're missing out on what God wants us to do today because we're always putting it off till tomorrow. And I believe that for every single one of us in life, he, God has called us to live a life of legacy and, and what I have a tendency to do in my life and I'm just going to talk about my life is that I will not want to do something and so what I'll do is I'll schedule it way off in my calendar like I'll put it six months down the road hey I'm going to get to this at this point and I will go through my life and before long all of a sudden that item that I put off so far in the distance is popping up that day and I'm like, how did I get to this moment? Like, where did time go? And have you noticed that as you get older, time seems to go faster and faster? Like, I just turned 42 yesterday, and uh, 42 is like, yeah, that's great. No, it's not that exciting. It's, it's really not. And, and what I realized yesterday as I was turning 42 is I remember when my parents were 42 years old. You know, you're starting to get old when your things that you remember in, when your parents were that age. And I was remembering my parents at that age, and I was remembering my life and thinking to myself, man, my parents are so old at that point. And now I'm at that point, and I'm thinking right now, my parents are really old now, but I, I'm getting old. And, and if I'm not careful, I think that tomorrow will begin to creep up on us now. And if we aren't investing in now, we won't be able to make a difference when it's actually that time. It will miss out on the legacy that God has for our lives. And I think that there is a mindset change that if we're going to live for today instead of tomorrow that we have to do. And, and so many people's mindsets is this, and this is actually a financial principle, but I think it applies to our lives as well. They, they say in life, the poor live for today. I'm not talking about the poor just financially. I'm talking about the poor in their relationships. I'm talking about poor people in their mindset. They're living for right here, right now, this moment. Every decision they're making is about right here. They're not thinking about tomorrow. They're not thinking about their future. They're just thinking about 
How do I please myself right here in this moment? Which is why they are poor in life. The middle class, they live a little bit differently. They live for retirement. They're living for this moment that is going to come along where they can just sail off into the sunset. And they're, they're thinking about that life. And unfortunately, that life is consumed all with themselves. But the goal for all of us, and I hope the goal for our church that this would become our mindset, is that the wealthy live for legacy. Like they're living for a life that goes so far beyond just their days on this earth. And, and it's this perspective change that they're going, hey, hey, I want to live in such a way that my investment in this life goes beyond my life. And it starts to impact other lives and it starts to have a compound effect, not just for my generation, but for my children and my children's children. In fact, the Bible says that a wise person leaves an inheritance, not just for his children, but his children's children. That isn't talking about a financial thing. That, that's an inheritance of eternal life. That's an inheritance of character. That's an inheritance of values and morals, as well as all of the other things. And listen to me, Coastal, because right now, whether you realize it's not, you that are watching online, there are children right now in Coastal Kids that are the future leaders in the 22nd century. Like the investment we're making right now, I, I, I don't know if you get that. I'm not talking about the 2020s. I'm talking about 2100. Like there are kids right now that will be leading the church in future generations that we are investing in. Why? Because we are building for this idea of legacy. And we can't build our lives on temporary things. And if we build our lives on temporary things, it's, it's so fleeting. But we need to build our life on something that lasts, something that impacts, something that one day that they'll look and say, man, I'm following the God of my mother. I'm following the God of my father. The impact that they had has been passed down to me and is now passing down to other generations. And that is the goal. And there is this story in Judges chapter 2 that is just like, it wrecked me a while ago. In fact, I was going to use it in our Apparently series because it applies so much to parenting. And legacy applies so much to parenting. And it's this story in Joshua, or uh, Judges chapter 2. And, and it's this story of Israel going into the promised land. And when they get to the promised land, they settle there. Have you ever noticed when you get to a good place in life, you have a tendency to settle? When things are going well financially, we settle. When things are going well with our parenting, we settle in that rut. When things are going well in our relational world, we have a tendency just to kind of settle into that spot. And, and the story goes that there is a fearless leader that they have named Joshua, and Joshua dies. And Joshua has been this incredible leader. He's led them out of the wilderness and into the promised land, and he's led them to victory after victory after victory over their enemies. And the result of Joshua's death scares me. It scares me for our church. It scares me for how we're raising children today. It just literally scares me about how we're investing in the next generation. Because Joshua prioritized settling into the land rather than passing down the values that got them into the land. And watch what happens. Judges chapter 2, starting in verse 7, it says, The Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. And the leaders who outlive him. Then those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. So as long as the people had, were, had been a part of what God had done in the past, as long as they had seen and served God, that they were a part of the sixth fastest growing church in America, and they saw the expansion, they experienced the growth. Man, they were awesome. 
But then something happened. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. After that generation died, another generation. And I think it's important for us to focus on another generation. And my worry is that there is another generation that's going to come up here in Parkland and in Northeast Broward and, and throughout Broward and Palm Beach counties who grew up and did not acknowledge the Lord and remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. See, there's going to be another generation that's going to come up and they're not going to know the excitement of what God has done in your life, the growth that you had experienced, the life change that has happened in your life. They won't see all the baptisms and the money given to missions. And the result is, is the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. And I'm afraid that if we don't make it about the next generation, and if we don't make life about the future, that we will not impart the things that are necessary into the next generation, and they will end up abandoning the things that we value so highly in our life. And we've got to make that the emphasis of our life. We've got to make what's most important most important. And that's what legacy is all about. Legacy is the impact or the oppression that you leave behind. That's the goal of life. Like, what is the impact or the impression you're leaving behind? Joshua left an impact. He was a great warrior. He was a fearless leader. But unfortunately, he did not pass down the thing that got him to the promised land in life. And that was his intimate, passionate relationship with Jesus, or relationship with God. He did not pass that down. And I want my kids, and I want your kids, I want them to have the faith that we have. I want them to have the love for God that we have. And a great question we should ask ourselves on a continual basis is this how will I be remembered because we're all going to be remembered by something like there is going to be some aspect of your life at the end of your life that they're going to get up at your funeral and talk about I know I do funerals all the time I've been a part of some really great funerals where they've made a profound impact and they're talking about the impact that they've made. And then I've been a part of other funerals where they're like, he was a really nice guy. Which means you didn't do squat with your life. Like you're going to be remembered. What is the legacy that you want to leave? And so I want to talk to us today about how do we live a life of legacy. If you're taking notes today, here's, here's the first thing. What matters the most is emphasized the most. What matters the most in your life is emphasized the most, and that is going to be your legacy. Listen, parents, you're passing a lot of things down to your kids. You're, ca you're passing down character. You're passing down values. We're passing down a lot of traits to them that hopefully are going, are being emphasized the most. And here's the thing. There are some things that we are emphasizing the most that are not the most important. I am all about your kids being great Americans, but being a great American is not what matters most. I'm all about your kids having manners, but having manners is not what matters most in life. I'm all about 
about your children being a good citizen here in society, but being a good citizen is not what matters most. I'm about creating a legacy in our children and in our church, and if what matters most, then that has got to be the most important thing, and the most important thing that you can give to your children is an intimate, real, authentic, living relationship with the creator of the universe. This is the greatest legacy you can leave in your children, that they would have this thriving, passionate relationship with the God who has saved you and has now saved them. Listen, parents, the next generation is watching you right now. And they're watching you going, hey, is that thing that you have, do you, do you make church a priority? Like, is, is your faith and your actions, do they correlate? Like, is what you believe really what you believe and how you live? I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. He says, keep putting into practice. Keep putting into practice. He's talking to parents. All you have learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. He's, he's trying to parent the, the, the church right here. And I wonder how many parents can say that to their kids. Like, listen, all that you've seen, all that you've heard, all that you've watched me do. Listen, I want you to emulate everything about my life. And the result of you doing that will be then the God of peace will be with you. Not this whole idea of do as I say, not as I do. That's terrible parenting. Like, don't let that be your parenting model. Don't let that be your legacy model. Listen, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. You reproduce who you are. And so we, 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 we as individuals, we want to live a life of legacy. And we want to we be passionate about what matters most in life. And as messed up as my, my parents were, I come from a broken home and, and a broken family with all kinds of messed up things. The one thing I learned from my parents and my mom and my stepdad is they were always all about the most important thing, and it was about a relationship with God. In fact, they, they, my mom still to this day, she's 70-something years old, and, and as she's gotten older, she's gotten bolder in her life. I don't know what it is about as you become more of a senior adult. You have no filter anymore. You don't care. Like, you'll go in and mass, ask the most personal, personal conversations and personal questions to a person you just met two minutes ago. You're like, so what's your name? Okay. How's your sex life? You know, it's like, it's like, whoa, whoa. How'd you just get there? Like, mom, that's uncomfortable. And what she's trying to do is she's trying to get to the depths of who they are so she can ask the most important question. Like, do you know the creator of the universe? And I'm so thankful that like she just doesn't care and all throughout life she's, she's put on the most important conversations. Why? Because heaven and hell are a real place and because they're real, what matters most is emphasized the most. And as a church, because heaven and hell are real, we have to emphasize what matters most, the most. And so people get frustrated and go, well, don't you care about me? Don't you, wanna, don't you wanna help me? Yes, I completely care about you. I wanna help you. I'm passionate about you growing in your relationship with God and getting free from all of those things. And, and I wanna help that. But what matters most to God are lost people. They just matter most. While God loves everyone, what he's most concerned about right here, right now, is his lost kids. And you'll hear me say it over and over and over again. 
what we're all about is reaching God's lost kids because they matter to God, therefore they matter to us. And the reason why they matter to us is because they're lost. Like this is story time with TJ, and so it's, it's kind of my birthday weekend. My mom, if you were to meet her, her favorite story to tell you would be a story when I was three years old. And mom, I'm not going to do this story justice, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. When I was three years old, uh, we lived in Sarasota, Florida, and uh, we lived on a street called Bay of Vista. And if you've ever been to Sarasota, it's a, it's a very, very busy street. And at three years old, my parents woke up one morning, and they went to my bedroom, and I was not in my bedroom. Now, as a parent, when you go to your house and you go to your children's room to find your kid and they're not there, that will freak you out, won't it? So they started searching the house looking for me. I was nowhere to be found in the house. And as they're searching the house, they noticed the sliding glass door was was unlocked and closed, but not closed all the way. And they had a realization that somehow I had gotten out of the house at three years old. And the first thought that went through their mind is TJ went to the pool. That was my favorite place to go. They're like, he has gone to the pool. He has fallen in the pool. He's probably drowned at this point. They frantically ran to the pool I was not at the pool at this point they are losing their minds like they're like where is my child like where is he at like he's got to be somewhere around here they started knocking on neighbors doors they started waking up everybody that called the police they were they were freaking out where I was come to find out as they're frantically searching all over this complex for me that I had woken up put on just a t-shirt I was an exhibitionist as a young child, I don't know what it is, uh, and uh, gotten on my tricycle and started riding down Bay of Vista towards 41. And I'd gone about a mile and a half away and I was getting ready to cross this busy intersection when a no- woman noticed me and realized that she had seen my parents walking me along this road before and she actually stopped me and brought me all the way back. Now, what's interesting is when they brought me back, my parents were so ecstatic, so, so excited. But I was thinking about this story because my mom has like two other kids. And at no point when I was lost was she like, ah, TJ doesn't matter. I got two more at home. Like at no point was she like, ah, one gone. It's not a big deal. No, no, no. She didn't even care where the other kids were. They never even bothered looking for those kids. Why? Because one of them was lost. That's, That's the heart of God right there. Like, he knows where you are. He's not concerned about, he's concerned about that kid that is riding down the street with just a t-shirt on, about to go through the busiest intersection of life and could possibly get hurt. He's like, how do I rescue them? And man, I love that we're growing and people are getting connected to Next Steps and we have this great community here, but we have got to provide more services, other locations, because we have got to value what matters most to God and what matters most to God are his kids and they matter, so they matter to us. That is our legacy. That is what's most important in life. And I want to challenge us that we have got to keep the main thing the main thing. For some of you, you've made a decision for Christ and, and you've kept your faith very, very personal. I'm all about this being a personal faith, but it's also supposed to be a public faith. Yeah. Maybe today is a day where you say, hey, what matters most is my personal faith, but I'm going to make sure that everybody else knows about it. And I'm going to take my next step and go public with my faith for the world to know by baptism. I want to encourage you to do that. Don't take a step back in this moment. Step in and emphasize what matters most in your life. A life of legacy, number two, realizes that sacrifice is the seed for significance. Sacrifice is the seed for significance. 
And we forget this idea of sacrifice because when things are going really, really, really well in life, we have a tendency to coast. And we forget that all the benefits that we are experiencing here today, the benefits of all the freedoms of our nation came at the sacrifice of generations before us that paid the price so that we could experience them right here, right now. And we forget about sacrifice and we actually miss out on the significance that God has for us next. And again, I, I appreciate my parents so much. And I'm talking a lot about my parents because as I've gotten older, I've realized how much of an impact they've had in my life. And how much I value the, the legacy that they have built inside of me. My parents were entrepreneurs. They owned 17 businesses. And at a very, very young age, I'm talking like illegally young, they started making me work. Like I had a job. Like I worked at my mom's restaurant. I worked at my stepdad's construction company. Like I worked. And, and it wasn't like, oh, that's the, the owner's son. No, no, no. I was washing dishes or I was digging ditches. I was hauling block. And, and they would take me out on job sites. And I would, they would work me into the ground. And, 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 and I, I, I hated them for it uh, when I was younger. I was like, why are you making me to do this? I mean, you're successful. Why, why am I going through this? But at 19, when I started my own business, at 21, when I was an executive pastor at a large church, I had been instilled with this amazing work ethic and this amazing ability to sacrifice for the things that matter most in life. And what, what didn't dawn on me is that they lived in such a way that they never tried to provide a lifestyle for me. They were always trying to provide an example that I could follow. Parents, that's something you can realize. Don't provide them a lifestyle. Provide them an example that they can follow. They don't need a lifestyle. They need an example. Like, give them some sweat equity in some things. And it was, they, they were like, I'm not going to work hard so my kids don't have to do things. I'm going to work hard so my kids learn how to work hard. And there's something about teaching your children about hard work and about sacrifice. I remember my stepdad at like 16, 17 years old taking and pulling me aside and saying, hey, TJ, this year uh, we're not going to go on this extravagant vacation that we go on every year. And I was like, what's up with that? I want to go on vacation. Like, we'd go snow skiing in Colorado. And he's like, we're not going to do this this year. And he sat me down and he explained to me, hey, listen, there's, there was a pastor from the Bahamas named Dr. Miles Monroe that was at our church. Bahamas Faith Center, and uh, they're building a new building, and we heard about the impact that he's having, and we know that he needs a sound system. This year, instead of us going on vacation, you having a great Christmas, we're going to scale back, and we're going to give him $50,000 to provide that first church, and we're going to sacrifice. And honestly, as a kid, I did not like that. I like vacation. I like Christmas. But my parents understood that sacrifice was a seed for significance. Parents, you need to talk to your kids about why you're doing what you're doing. Because what they had no idea of what they were doing is that when I became a Christ follower at 19 years old, some of the most impactful material that I ever read were books by Dr. Miles Monroe on prayer and on leadership that have made me into the pastor, into the man, into the husband that I am today. They had no idea that their seed was going to create significance in my life because they couldn't see it at that moment, but how it has played out in the future of my life. And we're going to sacrifice today because that is the path to significance tomorrow.
Let me say it like this. People that are left to themselves will make life about themselves. And when we make life about ourselves, we'll stop sowing seeds of significance for the future. And honestly, it's why it's hard for me as a pastor. Like right now, I want to dip out of this series. Why? Because nobody likes talking about sacrifice. Nobody likes talking about these things. And, and I would much rather jump into a Christmas series and, and talk about you because everybody loves the subject of themselves. Like, how do I help you have a better life? How does God want to move in your life? Like, it's easy for me to preach. You want to know why? Because afterwards, everybody's going to come up and go, that was such a great message. That was for me. Nobody comes up after these messages. Like, nobody last weekend was like, oh, that was so awesome. No, they, they don't like these because it's all about sacrifice. And, and here's the thing. At, as your pastor, at times, I've got to remind you that Christianity is not always about you. Listen, God wants you to live an incredibly blessed life, but he also wants you to embrace suffering and sacrifice. I'm worried that we've made sacrifice. Oh, man, I, 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 I made it to church this week. I sacrificed. It was raining outside, but not too hard. Come on, South Florida. I went, to, I went to one of the off-service times. I sacrificed. It's not sacrifice. You know what sacrifice is? Is it costs you something. And there needs to be some seasons of our lives where you're stretching. You say, God, I don't know why you're doing this, why you're pushing me, why you're stretching me, why you're getting me outside of this. But I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and sow some seeds of sacrifice because I will believe that it will reap significance in the future of my life. And I believe that God has called us all to live this way. And listen, I realize it's a sacrifice to invite that person to church. It's, it's sacrificial. It's, it's a sacrifice to, to step out of your comfort comfort zone and live your faith out on a public forum like those are sacrificial things you want to have a significant future you got to start sacrificing today there's a story in the old testament david after an incredible victory david is like the psalmist king of israel and after this incredible victory he he wants to go and honor god and he wants to build an altar and do all these sacrifices for god and he sees this piece of land and he thinks this is going to be a great place altars and pieces of property were very very important to people in the old testament so he he approaches this guy named arun it says, hey, I, I want to offer sacrifices to God on your land. I want to purchase your land. And this is what Arun says to him in Chronicles 21, 24. It says, but King David re re replied to Aruna, no, I insist on buying it for the full price. Because this guy, Aruna, when he hears that David is like, man, I, I want this. He's like, David, you can have it. You're the king. Like, that's awesome. You want to use, you want to have my land? And David's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take what is yours and give it to the Lord. I will not present burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. Listen, a faith that costs you nothing, church, is worth nothing. A life that costs nothing is worth nothing. But as you learn to sacrifice, you'll begin to walk in significance. And I know that there's somebody that's here that's, that's maybe watching online or you're here and you're going, but, but TJ, salvation is free. Salvation is a free gift. I, I understand salvation is a free gift, but, the, but you got to understand while salvation is a free gift, that does not mean that it was not costly. 
Like it was free for you, but it was extremely costly to Jesus. Like it was an ultimate, it was the ultimate sacrifice that God could offer for your life. It required not just something or a little bit. It required every ounce of who he was for you to experience that freedom. And the idea behind God is, is then what we would do is then we would offer our life. Because we're, our lives are supposed to be emulating Jesus, that our life would become a seed of sacrifice so it could be significant in somebody else's life. A life of legacy. Number three, the best way to impact tomorrow, church, is to start today. To just say, I'm going to make a change. And I wonder what it is in your life that you need to change. What relationship do you need to mend today you've been putting it off you've been saying you know tomorrow I will get to that no 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 today right after church instead of going on to Piccadilly and eating some lunch here's what you need to do you need to take out your cell phone you need to call that person you need to ask for some forgiveness or say I'm sorry and begin to mend that relationship some of you you're like man I need to jump into next steps and but but I'm waiting till it's step one and so that means I gotta wait till December to start next steps no 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 start today Listen, I know you're OCD at step three this weekend, but it's okay. Like, you'll go to step four, and then you'll go right back to step one. It's awesome. You can do it. Don't wait to do tomorrow what you can do today. I want to start giving, but I'm waiting for that new job or that promotion. No, no, no. Start today. Like, I, I, I want to get baptized, but I'm not prepared. Well, congratulations. We actually have a change of clothes for you and towels out there, so you can actually take that step today. Don't wait for tomorrow, what you can do today. And the best way to impact tomorrow is to start right here, right now. And, and I wonder if we were willing to live a life where you say, I am going to embrace today. I'm going to build a life that God not, ha, not only has for me tomorrow, but I'm going to start it today. Because you're not the product of the randomness of your future. You're the product of the decisions you make today. Your decisions determine your destiny. The choices you make today are paving your future tomorrow. I love this quote by Gaylord Nelson. He says this. He says, the ultimate test of a man's conscience may be his willingness to sac sacrifice something today for future generations whose words of thanks will not be heard. See, I don't know about you, church, but I want to impact tomorrow but the impact for tomorrow begins today. Begins with the choices that we make today and the choices that we make today. We may never hear the thanks of tomorrow. But the choices we make today will echo in the halls of eternity for generations to come. And church, I want us to make the right choices. I want us to make the wise choices. I want us to make the smart choice to live a life of legacy that's about our faith. It's about our future. It's about our family. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we come before you, and I know so many of us today, God, are being challenged when it comes to our life of legacy that we are currently living. And I, I really believe, God, that you, this week as I was preparing for this, you, you were challenging some people. You said, that in, in my heart, you just said, man, there, there are some people with some broken relationships that are going to be coming into church this week, and they, they need to mend that relationship, especially right before the holidays, and they've been putting it off, and, and they're not going to, the, God, that you're going to be speaking to them today. They, they're not going to wait until tomorrow to do something they need to do today, which is bring restoration in their relational world. God, I pray that they would make that choice 
today. I know that somebody here, you're, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about doing something. You've been reluctant. You've been putting it off till tomorrow. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today and saying, no, 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 don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And you need to be obedient in this moment. He's saying, just do it. Don't wait another moment. But ultimately, there's some of us in here that the greatest thing that you could do with your life, the greatest legacy you could leave or begin to live is to give your life to God. See, life is a seed, and the greatest thing you could do is present that seed to God and allow Him to bury it so it can bloom into something beautiful, something significant in your life. And the way you do that is you begin by surrendering to Him. You begin by saying, God, I, I want to give you my life. And maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision. Maybe you're watching online and you've never made that decision. It begins with a very simple prayer. It begins by you saying in your heart as I say it out loud, God, I surrender to you. Thank you for loving me so much that you gave the ultimate sacrifice that would ultimately be the seed to significance in my life. That you sent your son Jesus to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death on the cross, the cross that I deserved. God, come into my heart, come into my life. Don't just be my Savior, be my Lord. Take over. Rule and reign inside of me. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.